It's the Score North Twin Show. You know, after a big day where you you clinch uh, a playoff berth and, uh, you know, there's all kinds of stuff going on, uh, you you can kind of get off. You can get off track. We we haven't really done that. I think our guys have continued to uh, focus well um, with some of them. You want to keep an eye on them for a day or two after that that clinch uh, uh, celebration. So um, I think we're on the other side of that now. Uh, and we, we got some good performances today. So overall, I think we have to be really pleased. Yeah, that's right. We're gonna win twins. We're gonna Central chance. Let's get it. Judd was Judd was actually in the clubhouse for the champagne celebration, mm-hmm. which we're going to get to on our State of the Twins Monday episode of the Scornar Twin Show. Sonny Gray sweated it out. You, we were at the game Saturday after they clinched, hosting. We were up on the Twins executive balcony out there in left field with a bunch of uh, Scornarth and Twin Show listeners who who bought those tickets for our Courage Kenny fundraiser. So that was a blast. But I, I'm just kind of shocked that Sonny Gray took the mound on Saturday. I thought they might give him a day to sw- to sweat out the beer in that clubhouse. Pitch well. <laughs> what a warrior, man. Yeah. What I, they, they lost one nothing, but I believe Gray gave up the um, home run to Joe Adele, and that was it in what, six yeah. in- innings? Is that right? Pitch six? Yeah. So, yeah, no, he not only sweated out, he did a hell of a job while sweating it out. <laughs> he did. He that's a bulldog performance, man. You celebrate that's champagne, a that's beer. A, that's a veteran. That's a guy. Game. That's a guy that knows his way around two things: alcohol and baseball. Amen. <laughs> yeah. So Sonny Gray, uh, I think Sonny Gray solidified himself as one of the top two playoff rotation starters. So we're going to get to some different categories here as we do on the State of the Twins Mondays, and uh, we'll kind of look ahead to see where the chips may fall in a week once the playoffs start. But a shout out to our friends who power these State of the Twins episodes every Monday at Modest Brewing and their tap room right next to Target Field in the North Loop. Cans available in liquor stores throughout the metro. Uh, This is one of the coolest craft breweries in the Twin Cities. It just opened in 2016. In fact, in 2019, the Bomba Squad season, the first ever live Score North Twin Show podcast on location was at Modest in that back room. So we've had a great relationship with them. Steps from Target Field. You can find out what they're up to at modestbrewing.com, modestbrewing.com. All right, boys. Um, well, the uh, the overall snapshot is kind of complete now. The Twins are 83-73, and 73 and they have clinched the American League Central. What are they, like eight or nine games ahead of the uh, Guardians right now, I think? Something like that. Yeah. Call it eight games. But they have clinched the Twins' offense is ranked 12th in runs scored per game. The Twins' run prevention, so defense and pitching, is 4th in runs allowed per game. Baseball Reference gives the Twins a 5% chance to win the World Series. Fangraphs gives the Twins a 3% chance to win the World Series. If the playoffs started today, the three-seed Twins would play the six-seed Astros in a three-game wildcard series, but that is changing by the day here. Texas has gone on a winning streak, so they've cleared a couple games between them and the Astros and the Mariners, but then the Blue Jays are right in there in that wild card hunt too. So, all right, how do you feel now? We've uh, we've made it this far with the Scornar Twin Show. We we relaunched this show like two months ago, two and a half months ago, and we have helped carry this team to a division championship in 2023. First of all, the Astros just got swept by the Royals. 
Yeah, it's not ideal. So I don't know them. what to make of them because I, I think I said a week ago that they scared me the most, and now they're not playing well. But then again, I also said bring on Texas, and they've gotten incredibly hot. Um, you know what? I think that I think that the Twins are in a decent position to win a game. I will I will make this very clear right here and now, though. I picked them to win. I picked them to beat the Yankees. I think we all did, Phil. I think uh, back then it was you, me, and Rami. And I think we all picked them to beat the Yankees in 2019. And then I know because the games were at home, I picked them to beat the Astros in 2020. So just to be clear, I will not be picking them. I will not be picking them. You're going to pick them to lose the series? I'm going to pick them saying. to lose the series. Absolutely okay. correct. So until they proved me that they can win a game, much like a, a series, right? Um, but I think that they are going to be going into the playoffs in decent shape. The problem is this, and it's seriously one, one of the reasons why I won't pick them. Uh, I have serious doubts about Royce Lewis's return with that hamstring for the playoffs. And without him, decent shape is probably being nice. Um, if he was there, I might think differently. I think Correa is back. I think the um, pl- the plantar fasciitis, I think it ripped, which is Dude, actually good. This could be a game changer. Yes. If he is back and feeling better than he has all season yes. because it, it progressed. It hurt immediately. I think when it rips, it hurts like hell, obviously. No duh. Ugh. But I also think that if he now, and he will, he gets um, several days off his feet entirely or or he's not trying to play baseball. Yes, I think that this is actually important that it did rip, and I think it's good. The Lewis loss is huge. I'm curious to see what they do with Buxton. My advice would be I would not have him on the roster, at least for the first round. Um, but, yeah, it is it is a more fun team now, in my opinion. And, and as, as uh, Patrick wrote for his column on Saturday, that's largely because of what Royce Lewis brought. It is a far more fun, engaging team as far as I'm concerned now than it was two months ago. Dex? Yeah, it's uh, mission accomplished, basically, right? You got the central. That was the goal here. Um, now you get to rest up a bit. And Royce Lewis, grade one hamstring. I, I, it, technically, in terms of hamstring sources. strains, you got medical sources. It's, the, it's, the, it's the best one to have because it's, it's the least uh, invasive. It's the least uh, one that can cause problems. But, yeah, I... I I have some questions too, but I think him just being off his feet, he's got, what, eight more days here until the playoffs start. I mean, just rest up. Hopefully by next Tuesday, he can. he's in a good position. I'm sure he's probably going to start swinging a bat in the next, like, five days. But I would have significant pause if Royce Lewis is not available for this series. I would have some pause there. Doesn't I mean, you have to have some pause for sure. Mm-hmm. But it's also, we're talking about a three-game series, a small sampling we're not talking about a month's worth of baseball. Yeah. If all, if if Donnie Barrels gets hot in a game, which can Love happen, it. it's not. I think there's a huge difference between can the Twins win two out of three against the Astros or two out of three against the Blue Jays without Royce Lewis, and can the Twins get to the American League Championship Series without Royce Lewis? If Royce is out for series, yeah, I'm probably not picking the Twins to uh to make a run like I would have maybe two weeks ago. I might still be picking the Twins to win the first round without Royce Lewis because they have since the All-Star break. I know Royce is a big part of this, but the rest of the bats have come alive too from Kepler all the way down. I mean, Kirilov is back and looks pretty solid the last couple weeks. Um, I still think they can beat pretty much any of these teams they might face two out of three 
home games without Royce Lewis. But we'll see. We'll make our official picks on Monday next week. Um, I want to know, category number one, what was it like, Judd, being the doubter and the hater that he's been oh, God. all Twitter summer? Was oh, Twitter was so oh, was mad at me being in that Sitting clubhouse. in the champagne celebration, video, Judd taking video BS. with Carlos Correa making appearances. Photobomb by Carlos Correa, me and Doogie. Photobombed and fans were so upset. How can you be in there? You're a doubter. You're a hater. Does Korea? Did you hold him account? Did you turn around him and hold him accountable? Damn straight, I did. I said you're wasting a lot of beer. That's what I told him. I said, well, how can you waste all this beer? Like, just spray the champagne, heap the beer, and then I got notes. Well, it's not good beer, so who cares? Okay, it's still it's still a waste of beer. Um, but yeah, there was. It was interesting to watch. Do you know who went hard and I didn't see it coming? Keichel? Keichel went hard. Yeah, he did. Kanta Maeda went hard. Oh, Maeda went hard. Maeda went. <laughs> Maeda was. It was. I didn't expect it, but my God. Just going, going for it He all. just went for it. He absolutely. <laughs> I mean, they all went hard to a certain degree for the most part. But yeah. I think my MVP, my Cy Young of the wow. champagne slash beer Celebration. Kenta Maeda was incredible. I would like to say this. One, I didn't wear a poncho because they were passing him out. You know, wear a poncho to protect your clothes. I'm like, I don't need that. And the other thing, no goggles for me. Uh-uh. No goggles. Did you get a little burn? Did, did you get... I had some splash in my eye. It hurt a little bit, okay. but you know what? I grew up watching baseball in the 70s. That's how we did it. Goose Gossage. <laughs> Ron Guidry, Reggie Jackson. You think they wore goggles? No goggles. Uh-uh. No. no goggles. So I'm in there, and I had no, my they, glasses dude, on, but they I got closed pin, eye. closed pin yep. their eyes yep. open the whole time. Yep, they did indeed. How tough they were. They did in, indeed, and so uh, yeah, it was. Uh, it, it's incredible the work they go to, though. Like the amount of protection to put up in front of the lockers and stuff. I mean, there's some serious work done. I would guess oh, yeah. fairly quickly. To either build that or tear it down, uh, but they go to great lengths to make sure that the locker room is protected. Well, I mean, there's, there's ex- those guys have expensive clothing items and yeah, watches shoot. and different yeah. things. They're you dousing know? it. They're dousing it. Everyone's got a phone now, an iPhone True. or something in there that a tablet that didn't exist before. Yeah, give me uh so Maeda, give me yeah, give me your like your top three power rankings of guys who went for went for it all. Uh, Carlos- and the videos that I saw, dude, like. There was a point where Dallas Keuchel had like yeah. seven players yeah. just pouring champagne all over his head. Yeah, yeah. Keuchel went hard. Maeda's my MVP. Correa went hard because I mean he took his shirt off and was dancing around and was having a great time. Same. Uh, so I give Correa kudos. Um, those are probably my top three. Now I'm sure okay. that that there was more, and and everybody seemed to have a great time. So I'm not discounting like there didn't appear to be a killjoy. Yeah. Um, Lewis and Buxton enjoyed it uh, quite a bit. Here's my question, and they all deserve credit. I, it, so this is just a question, okay? It's not a criticism. But here's my question. Like, do you ever think about, as as you're doing this, how much did I actually contribute? I'm so glad you brought like this did, up. Like, does Dallas Keuchel, <laughs> like, 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 for instance, if you're in high school, yeah, dude, right? Should, should your celebration be proportionate to how much you contributed exactly. to the division championship? And it sounds like a killjoy thing, but, like, I'm watching Keuchel, and I'm like, how much did you really do? Well, he was, did, Cody Fund, was Cody yeah. Funderburg getting into it? You know what? 
I didn't see. I did not see him in particular. I can't tell Jordan, you. That. Jordan Luplo. Just yeah, yeah, like Jordan Luplo, exactly. Yeah. yeah, he's like, ah, give me more. Dude, me- I'm telling you. So I have covered, uh, like, in the clubhouse, I think three, well, no, because three seasons worth of champagne celebrations. There's Sometimes there's one for, like, a playoff clinch and then one for a division clinch yes. or something. I think the Brewers are going to do that. So like 06, I was in there for 06, 09, uh, 2010, there was one. Yep. So I'm, I might be getting some of the years mixed up here, but I actually came equipped with a, a, a short list of, I can't believe you brought this up because I was going to bring it up. It's hilarious when you see guys that didn't really contribute that much yeah. going for it all in those celebrations. <laughs> Love it. So I got, I've got three. One of them was a former twin for a different team that I wasn't in there for, but legendary videos and photos of Brian Dozier celebrating with the Washington. Oh, that was great. His shirt was like off. drunkest yeah. guy yes. in the parade. Yes. And I think he was benched by the end of that season. <laughs> yeah, that's right. No shirt on. Oh my God. Number two, <laughs> Phil Nevin was like a waiver claim for the twins. At, was it? Oh, six. I want to say. Yeah. And, dude, he was in there with, like, a sleeveless shirt just running the party for the Twins. And he might have had, like, five hits or something in September. And then my favorite, who I don't even know if you guys are going to remember this name. But the Twins signed this guy to be part of the back end of their bullpen before the 2010 season. And he wound up having an injury or something. He never pitched a game for the Twins. Clay Condry. Clay Condry in the 2010 division championship yeah was just and he was there every day like playing cards with the guys rehabbing he was around the team all year but but fans never once saw clay condry actually pitch in a major league game so kudos to those guys man you know what you're living your best life you're never going to get a chance to do this again maybe who knows right and uh you might as well you might as well soak it in one last time uh remember the next time that we have the phillies and padres on the grid so we can use clay condry I'm looking okay, up his okay. stats right now. Remember the next time. Put Clay this in your Condry. put this in your head right now. You can't use him as a twin because he never, he played, never played for the Twins. But he played for the Phillies and Padres. Remember that one. <laughs> Clay, he used to he used to go around in like he had like camouflage sliding pants. So players wear oh like God. they're like biker shorts. Yeah. yeah. They kind of go down to like your your knees or whatever. Yep. And they wear them under the pants. He would he would be walking around with like camouflage sliding pants, playing cribbage, and whatever the hell of card oh, games. he just ran the playing. party? <laughs> yeah, big, burly guy. Good that. guy. Event Good guy. organizer. <laughs> yes. You need event organizers. Sometimes he's like, you know, some of these kids, they don't know what they're doing in a right. champagne celebration. Right. Alex Kirilov's probably never been in a champagne so, celebration. Nick Nick Punto, by the way, another guy that could well, he looks absolutely like he could. run a yeah, champagne yes, celebration. That makes sense. That yes. makes sense. So if if... Because it's a ton of champagne, but also a ton of beer. Would would you spray both? Concentrate on on the champagne or the beer? Well, I think the the champagne is cooler, right? Because and when we did, we actually when the twins clinched in two thousand nineteen, right. we did like to, a yeah. a fun little social media video where without champagne, a few right? of us from the Scorner Twin Show bought some champagne. The St. Paul Saints let us in their clubhouse, and they let us do a like a Scorner champagne celebration. That was the first time I'd ever shaken up a bottle of champagne and like sprayed it. Yep. But the cork came out and almost killed Rami before we started the video. It was like it flew right past his ear. (laughs) Or like, you know, it like bounced off the ceiling and then back down. And corks get kept too. Guys keep guys keep them. They they were actively 
going around and and retrieving the corks to keep yeah, the on the basketball side. Cheryl Reeve has kept a bottle of champ like an empty bottle of champagne with a cork from every one of their championship celebrations. So it is, oh, it is definitely a thing. Yeah. Are you would you do are you be more into the beer, just dousing your teammates? No, with- no, no. It's a waste of beer. It's a waste of beer. Champagne is meant to be wasted. I agree. I have no use for champagne. Yeah, I, I agree. It's a bad drunk. It's, it's I don't think it tastes it's great. It's a guaranteed nap for me. Yeah. It is a guaranteed nap. And it's not yeah. worth it. Like the bang for your buck on champagne, consuming yeah, it, not worth it. I agree. So I would spray champagne, drink beer. Sure. It's fair. And it's I fair would enough. also make sure I stayed at the ballpark, too. Because yeah. like with a day game, I wouldn't go home that night, right? Like so fr- Friday night, you're getting. Yeah, how does that work? Party. I don't know. I don't want to ask questions I don't want to know the answer to, but how does that work? Well, I, I can't imagine the team lets guys drive. Like I would, I would limo them know, home. Man. I mean, in 2023, I'm saying I might be. Yes, you're right. Just I might ha- be. You just hop into naive. Uber X. Can you imagine? You're just you're like Uber X driving around for the night, and, <laughs> and uh, just oh, you reek, get a, you, you'd reek. You get a call to One Twins Way, and there's just a soaked Carlos Correa getting in the back of your car. There is a story, Judd. You and I we told this story to some of the uh, the listeners that were hanging out with us at the game on Saturday. And this reporter's name shall go nameless. He's a friend of all of ours, but he was he was stringing for the Associated Press during the, I think it was the 2009 Champagne Celebration. And so he's in the clubhouse. He's uh, he's getting drenched like everyone, because it's hard, it's hard to not get drenched in those settings because you're in impossible. there, you're interviewing players, right. just, just champagne flying everywhere. And so he gets soaked, comes back up from work in the clubhouse, files his story or whatever it is, and didn't have a change of clothes or anything, so gets in his car to go home. And uh, the cherries go on behind him as he's driving on his way home. Gets pulled over, and the cop comes up. He rolls down the window, and a waft of champagne yes. smell comes out I, of the car. I had the same thing, yes. And uh, did you get pulled over? No, I smelled I smelled the same way. Okay. I thought of this exact thing, because you, yeah. you, you reek. Yeah. By my third one, I had thought in advance to bring an extra change of clothes oh, okay. and then a, a bag, so I became a seasoned veteran. But, but this was—I think this was his first time doing this—and so he rolls down the window, and a waft of champagne smell comes out, yes. and the police officer's like, uh, "I'm going to need you to step out of your vehicle immediately." Get out of the car! Get on the ground! He goes, he's like, "I swear to God, I have not been drinking. I can explain." I was in the Twins clubhouse. They just clinched the division. I was in the Twins clubhouse for a champagne celebration. Okay, buddy. Yeah, sure. And so he did have his media credential to show the police officer. But I think he had to, like, get out and do, like, the walk and everything. Yep. Not fun. (laughs) Yeah, I'd say let's skip the walk. Breathalyze me. Let's just do the breathalyzer right now. Because, yeah, Yeah, my clothes, champagne reeks. Yeah, it's tough. uh, It's tough. I went home and washed my clothes immediately because of that. Yeah, I got some categories for you guys here. Just a couple as we look ahead to the playoffs here, State of the Twins. Um, do you think, so Joe Ryan struck out 10, and he goes uh, in his last outing here, which was yesterday, he goes six, he gave up the three runs, he did strike out 10 and walked nobody. It is the Angels sort of B lineup, so it's tough to really get a gauge. But since Joe Ryan came back to the Twins rotation, he's made six starts, he has an ERA of 3.82. He has 39 strikeouts in 30 and two thirds innings. 
So he's definitely missing a ton of bats. Do you think Joe Ryan has done enough as of yesterday to be the number three starter in this playoff rotation? I think he has, and I think it makes the most sense. Like when I'm, I'm trying to think of um, how I would set this thing up, not just on who deserves it, but what makes the most sense. And the more I think about this, regardless of who has pitched uh, great of late or struggled a, a bit, I'm going Pablo, Sonny, Joe. And I'm going Sonny in game two because if I lose game one, I think I'd, I think Sonny has more bulldog to him than Pablo. And so because I need get game two. And unlike with Dobnik, this isn't like a bad choice. It's not like, well, if I... Yeah, you know, if I don't start Sunny, I'm forfeiting Game One. Uh, but yeah, and what I'm going to try and do for get Game Three is probably, as we talked about, I think last week, you guys, I'm going to handcuff uh, Maeda to Joe. So if Joe does struggle, does not pitch great, Kenta can come in, which he did, and we've talked about this as well during his time with the Dodgers in the postseason from the bullpen. But also, he can potentially if uh, if Joe has a bad game. He can come in and give you length as well. So I'm going Pablo, Sonny, Joe Ryan. Yeah, I don't really know why we're twisting ourselves in a pretzel over who starts game three. Because to me, it's incredibly obvious that it's Joe Ryan. Um, Even with Bailey Ober having a consistency, but then he gets shut down. They have Kenta Maeda, who got off to a rough start, but then rebounded pretty well and strung together some couple a couple months there. He looked pretty solid. Joe Ryan is the answer here. And if it's playoff baseball, if it's game three, do or die, one team's going home, one team's moving on, everyone's going to have a, a quick hook, right? Every, every inning is going to be stressful. Everything's going to be under the magnitude of, of the hundredth degree. I, I don't understand where we're, I guess, getting lost in the sauce of, oh, I, I don't trust Joe Ryan in game three. Who else are you going to trust then? Like legitimately. Well, I, I think there's a legitimate debate about, and, and not that this is the barometer that they will use, but if I said, who are you more confident is going to give you five innings and two runs or less, Kenta Maeda or Joe Ryan? By that barometer, it's Kenta Maeda, it just with, with no other factors considered. But if I were to change it and say, who's more likely to be dominant, like just lights out dominant, it's Joe Ryan. But then there's the third variable, which is, hey, if you need to get into your bullpen, you know, what sort of order of things do you trust? Is it that, like Joe Ryan as a reliever? He's never really done that before. Or Kenta Maeda, who's been a lights-out reliever in the playoffs. So, Because right. I could make a case that if I'm just looking for the most reliable five innings and two runs or less to keep me in a game, Kenta Maeda would probably be the number three starter. But when you factor in all the other different things and Maeda being a better option out of the bullpen, then that's where I'm with Declan. It, it becomes more of a no-brainer to just put Joe Ryan in that slot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm pretty comfortable with that. And and again, I think that I'd rather have Gray going in game two in case I had lost game one than Pablo, who I do like. But I think to me, from a mentality standpoint, I'd rather take my chances in a must win with Gray. It's very, very close. But mm-hmm. that's my yeah. that's my um, my feeling about the mentality of both of those guys. Okay. Uh, next category here for you guys. Twins pitchers are coming back from injury, and it's a very, very opportune, interesting time for this to be happening. So Brock Stewart and Jorge Alcala have been sort of unleashed, and they are, they've, they've both had multiple innings under their belt in the minors. Chris Paddock was just activated on the Major League squad. 
throwing out of the bullpen, by the way. They're, put, they're, they're bringing him out of the bullpen. He even said he had a quote over the weekend saying that it's, it's kind of a mental block for me because I've just been a starter my whole career. Can I get up when the phone rings and get ready and not having an hour to get loose? And he said, I did, and I did fine, and I feel confident. He's throwing almost 100 miles an hour. So to what extent do you think Paddock, Brock Stewart, and or Jorge Alcala change things for the Twins as you look ahead to next week? I think Brock Stewart's probably the one that's most likely to be activated here because you just knew what you had in him, and he was a pretty good reliever pre-injury. Um, if I were ranking them, I would, yes, I, I would put Paddock second behind him and then Alcala third. I mean, Hori Alcala, I feel like, has been injured for like two years. Uh, and I don't know if I can just throw a guy into my postseason rotation. And I think the argument is, well, like, you need as many bullets as possible, which is totally true. But this is a three-game series, and I'm not, I'm not trusting Jorge Alcala in a high leverage or even any type of significant inning in the in a playoff baseball game when I haven't seen him pitch at the major league level in like what two years at this point. Uh, so I think Brock Stewart's probably the one that's most likely activated here. Chris Paddock though is an interesting option. Uh, that radar gun I know does run a little hot in St. Paul, but he was throwing hard. It's pro- I would if if the difference if the choice was excuse me Paddock versus Alcala, I would take Paddock as that last spot. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I mean. Alcala, it's you're right. It's been so long, and uh, and didn't he? I feel like at the beginning of the year he he made some appearances and then went away again because like even when he's okay, he's back. He then goes away again for a couple months. Yeah. But he's here. He he's he's available now in AAA. His last outing was two or three days ago. He went two innings, clean sheet, struck out four of the six batters he faced, but. I feel like I would have needed to see it in the major leagues for at least a month before I felt really comfortable putting him into like a close playoff game. So yeah, I think it's almost, it might be time for us to redo like our 26 man roster here. Maybe we do that like on tomorrow's episode. And I think the one thing is Brock Stewart is the absolute key. Cause if he's back to being the guy that he was before he, he, got hurt he can step mm-hmm. in and yeah. contribute in fairness to Paddock. He's still a question mark. Like he's not a, he's not a bullpen guy. Um, I, I think he's going to be fairly high up in the 2024 rotation, which is great. But all of that being said, I think the only guy that I really deem to be a playoff guy is if Brock Stewart is healthy, that is a huge plus for this team. Yeah. Yep. It, uh, it does change the complexion of the back end of your bullpen for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. My third question here for you guys before we get into, or I guess my fourth question before we get into uh, the Immaculate Grid is what is your current new expectation bar like what would be a success from now going forward through the end of the season what do the twins have to do for you to say okay that's that's a successful season if i assume royce lewis is going to play let's just let's just say that he can come back in the first round a successful season is a first round win at home a series win. A series win. A yes, series yes. Win. Not a win. Not one win. Not one win. No, no, no. Not talking about one win. A series win because it's going to be at home. It's two of three. So we're not asking for a lot here. Like, like we're not asking for got to win four games. Um, I think if you if you want to convince me that this thing was far more of a success than my current opinion, it's a series win. Get to the American League Division Series, and I will pat you on the back and say, okay, I can get my head around calling this a success. Anything less than that to me is a, 
you won a terrible division and got knocked out immediately. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to ask you a second question off of this. Is there anything that can happen where you would fire one of the main front office people, so Falvey or Levine, or let's just say Falvey, uh, or Rocco? I know the poll, there's, the poll ads probably aren't making any moves. They just no. won the division. No, Is there anything not. that could happen where they're Judd not. would make a move if he were the owner, if it was Judd Polad? Yeah, you know what? If they um, If they mangle the playoffs... Like if they if they go get a pitcher after five because damn it we're just gonna we're just intent on doing that if they Cole get Sands comes in yeah uh, if they get worked if they get if they get worked by Dusty God bless him but he's got to be eighty right if they get worked by du- he did just win a yeah, World Dusty Series Bakers. though he's not- no he's great <laughs> no 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 but 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 I'm saying if they get worked but but if they get worked if the newfangled statistical world analytics world gets worked by and and Dusty Uses them too, but my point is, if you get an Edward, now pinch hitting for the Twins, Edward Julian, you know, dusty, toothpick in the mouth, goes out, brings in a southpaw, pinch hitting for Julian, Jordan Luplo, okay? (laughs) If we get, if, if, if that would make me, that would, how this plays out. If Joey Gallo, if Joey Gallo makes the roster. Everyone's fired. I'm going to tell you right now, there are things that I could see as far as what they do, because 2019 and 20 and 20, especially they sabotage themselves in my humble opinion. So yes, there are things that I I could see where I would say, you know what? That's enough of that. Um, Realistically, I think it would be Rocco. It's not going to happen, but if it did, I think it would be Baldelli. I think Falvey is fine, but in my opinion, as Judd Polad, I would place blame on everybody. Yeah. So, yes, there are things I could see that will leave me in a state of meltdown. Judd 100% has a list. You just made the list. He is 100% compiling. Get out of the way. Don't ready. screw it up. I saw him. <laughs> yeah. You know what's funny is we were we were spraying champagne. Everything was great on Friday, and now I'm here possibly calling for heads. Uh, pers- personally, my goal is still just the playoff game, but in terms of it being a, a successful season, yeah, it would be advancing to the divisional round. It'd be getting out of this wild card round. It'd be taking care of business. It would knock off a couple monkeys off your back. Obviously, the postseason losing streak, and it would prove that hey, it wasn't just a one game thing. You were able to beat it, a still a decent team, and now you're going to the legit playoff dance here. And hey, who knows what happens after that, right? I mean, then you can maybe even shock the world and get to the ALCS or something. But personally. Playoff goal, but I think from a team's perspective, they have to get to the ALDS. They got to get through this first round. They have, I think they have the best top. I, I, when Joe Ryan's at his best as your number three starter, this is the most confident I've been in pro- probably since 1991 in the first three pitchers in a Twins playoff rotation. I know Johan is, is the best we've ever seen going back to Jack Morris, but there's been so many years where you've, you've run out guys that had no business being in a rotation on a playoff team to pitch a pivotal game two or a game three. That will not be happening here next week. So uh, for that reason, winning winning a game remains like the first goal. Just end this embarrassing, ridiculous streak once and for all. But then once that happens, it almost feels like once that happens, and by the way, Kyle, was it Kyle Farmer that came out on Friday? I'm sure, yep. He addressed the crowd. I love that he's acknowledging it because so many of these Twins teams, well, that's not all. Listen, we just got here, the front office in 2017. It's not our, we don't think about history. History doesn't matter to us. It matters to the fans. Yeah. It matters to people that have been watching this team for 20 years. So I love that Kyle Farmer came out 
acknowledged the fans and said, hey, we're going to put an end to this Owen. He knows what the streak is. 2004-0-18. Acknowledge it. Wrap your arms around it. Point it out. Point at the elephant in the room. And once that happens, I wonder if it, if there's like a tension release. And then this team, now, you know, for a full run, you do need Royce Lewis almost certainly. But could there be, if you win game one, could there be a tension release? And all of a sudden now it's like off to the races, the mm. American League Championship Series. So win a game. And then for a successful season, win a series, mm-hmm. and then we'll uh, we'll see what happens after that. Does it make sense the tension release thing though? The fact that players are acknowledging it—it's like an organizational yeah. butt pucker, you know. So in in nineteen, it drove me crazy that they that they tried to say, "Well, this wasn't us." I mean, those aren't our, you know, because it was just clear. Because here's it's here's you know. the problem: you are as a player continually asked about it. So, like, you might say, well, it's not our problem. We didn't, we didn't lose games back in 2010. But the reality there is you get asked consistently about it. So the question is, how do you handle it? Because mm-hmm. it gets in your head. Players, players get mad and say it's not our problem because it's in their head. So, yep. yeah. But now, you Own know what? Back, go back it up, man. Go back it up. Dude, the Win minute you signed a contract with the Minnesota Twins, it became your problem. And think about if you're if you're a player, think about how empowering it would feel if yeah. you were the one that hit a three run homer in the seventh inning to put the Twins up six to three. Yeah, and you went and you, it's like we were the ones that ended this thing well, for twenty years worth of Twins teams and fans. And to, to go back as we have discussed previously, too, a lot of the problem here obviously has been that when they get to the playoffs, the offense dries up, including in nineteen. So this is where I think the loss of Royce is potentially huge because he's the one guy who seems completely unfazed, and his being unfazed almost translates to the entire lineup. That's what's impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, he oh, he definitely is the type of guy and kid who would own the losing streak but embrace it too. So like that's where I think if he can come back and play, it just provides, and it, it's weird to talk about a kid or a young player like this, but it provides like this calmness of I've got this, which is what Puckett had, right? Like this whole, I've got this, don't worry about it. I've got this. But yeah, the, the thing to remember is as much as we bitch and moan about the pitching of this team, a lot of times the problem when they get to the playoffs is the bats or has been the bats. The bats have been the biggest problem for the 20 year playoff losing streak. A hundred percent. They haven't scored more than five runs in a playoff game through the duration of of the streak. Uh, a shout out to our friends over at Summit Orthopedics. So, you know, maybe you're a maybe you're a baseball player dealing with an injury, a ligament situation, a knee, shoulder, hip, whatever it may be. Summit Orthopedics is here and no referrals are needed for you to get a same day appointment. If you're really hurting, they offer walk-in orthopedic urgent care 7 days a week starting at 8 o'clock in the morning, and there are 25 locations across the Twin Cities and greater Minnesota. Learn more at Summit Ortho dot com also over at scorenorth.com slash shop we have a collectibles wing where you can find some amazing things to deck out your man cave deck out your office as you see on the youtube channel here this is the famous uh nolan ryan punching robin ventura in a headlock fight i guess from the early 90s like 1992 93 this is signed and framed just a cool unique thing that you could put in your man cave go check it out at scorenorth.com slash shop. Click on the collectibles link and you'll find all sorts of amazing things for uh, 
for decoration in your man cave or office. And uh, if you use the promo code SCORE, S-K-O-R, at checkout, you can get 10% off anything site-wide. So check it out. Let us know if there's things that you would like to see in there that aren't in there that are reasonable to go track down. Maybe we can throw in a word with our friends at Universal Sports Auctions. All right, dudes, are you ready? How about this idea? A Caleb Williams signed Prince that say, looking forward to coming to Mini, because everyone who's not coming from here calls it Mini, of course. Caleb Williams signed Prince. Could we get some photoshopped like Caleb Williams in purple? Would he? Would he? Would he sign? Can you that? do that? I, think I don't know if he'd sign it. Can you do that? That's a really good idea. Yeah. Well, you'd like work with him, nil. You know, we would hey. we'd probably include him on the, uh, the cut. Good point. I like. It. I'm just saying. I think it might no, sell. Drake May, good. Caleb. Yeah. So, all right. Here's what we're looking for. Uh, we're looking to go nine for nine here. That's how you go immaculate on the immaculate grid. If we, if we can find obscure players, it would help us build a rarity score that's low. We're looking for a Blue Jay that was an Angel, a Blue Jay that was a White Sox, and a Blue Jay that was a Dodger at some point. And then we're looking for an Angel who swiped 30 bags in a season, an Angel who won a gold glove, a White Sox who swiped 30 bags, and a White Sox who won a gold glove. And then we're looking for a Dodger who swiped 30 bags and a Dodger who won a gold glove. I'll put eight minutes on the clock here just for some framework. We're going to work together and see how far we can go here. All right. right. No Googling. I will contribute more so to the first category since I abhor the third one. Vernon Wells was a Blue Jay and an angel. And then I got another one for you. It's a great one. After that one. George, George Bell as a Blue Jay who was a White Sox. Alex Rios. Alex Rios. Uh, also might work for 30 stolen bases. Alex Rios Ooh, was, the, was the guy that the Blue Jays back in the day put on waivers before the yeah. deadline. Mm-hmm. The White Sox claimed him, and the Jays are like, okay, he's yours. And they're like, what? Let's do Vernon Wells for the Angel who was a Blue Jay. We'll get that out of the way. 14%. 14%. It's higher than I thought it might be. And so uh, Rios would be for the White Sox, who was a Blue Jay. We could also, like I said, Judd, remember George Bell? Yes. Right? He was a White Sox who was. I saw George Bell as a kid get into a fight. He was a Cub, right? At Comiskey. He played for the White Sox, Cubs, and Blue Jays. George Bell. George Bell. Let's do it. That's him. Seven. He is. Seven percent. George Bell was a good player. George Bell. Had some power. Nice power. Okay, Peter Borges swiped 30 for the Angels. Uh, So Juan Pierre works for both these squares, I'm pretty sure. Nice. He finished with the Sox, finished near with the Sox. I don't know if he ended. Scott Pedsednik as well. Pedsednik works. I know, but I know Pierre for sure did with the Dodgers because I had him on my fantasy team one year. Okay. And I think at the end he swipes a bunch with the White Sox. Even as like an older guy, he still was a really good stolen base guy. We can use them for a couple there, and then Peter Borges. But Sednik is a good one. Let's do. Let's use. Well, since we we need one, we can't use uh, Pierre for both. So we could use. Did uh, by the way, Judd did um, Ray Durham or Steve Sachs? Steve Sachs for both White Sox and he still he was a base dealer but back did, in the day. But was he still stealing bases a lot by the time he was definitely a base dealer with the uh, Dodgers? 
Now, I, now I don't 30? know if he got 30 or not. Did um, I brought this guy's this name up a few weeks ago. Did Bobby Bonds, wasn't he a, wasn't he a five-tool guy, too, just like Barry was in his early days? I don't remember how many stolen bases. I just remember he played for a ton of teams. Oh, as far as uh, Blue Jays and Dodgers go, Sean Green's won. Sean Green, yep. Sean Green played for both teams. Yes, he did. Sean Green. Yep. 14. 14%. Interesting. Probably means there's not that many. I'm just trying to think of other uh, angels, too, besides Borges, who would be... Uh, Sean Figgins. Mm. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. I think that, that might one. be high, but whatever. Mm, mm, mm. Well, what's going to be higher, Borges or Figgins? They're, um, they're probably about the same. Yeah, I guess. we got to put... we got to use Sean Figgins. Yeah, Sean Figgins is good. 20%. Okay. Um, let's come back to this. we got some names for the steals here. Let's come back to that. So we've got we got we got uh, Pudsednik, we got Pierre, we got uh, Steve Sachs. We can we can do a number yeah. of different names there. All right, gold gloves. <laughs> We're looking for gold gloves with Angels, White Sox, Sorry, and Dodgers. Zach Greinke for Dodgers. Love it. I think we've done that one. Okay. Mm-hmm. He's won like six. Okay. Three percent. Three percent. Jim Cott, when when he went, because he he won a bunch of them with the Twins, right? Well, Burley won a ton with the Sox. Okay, yeah, I, I mean, I, I mean, pitchers are going to be obscure. So if yep. if Mark Burley's fine, Bur- Burley with the White Sox. Oh, 26. Wow. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, to me, the rare, the rarity scores flirting with a hundo here, but that's yeah, fine. Well, well. We're at fifty one plus twenty eight, so seventy nine. 86. We're at 89 rarity score right now. Angels. It'd be tough to keep it under 100. Angels. Um. So angels. Uh, we used. Uh, wasn't. Uh, did I use him a couple days? I used Rusty Greer on one of these. I can't remember if it was with you guys or alone as a 300 hitting angel. Was he also? Wasn't he dove around in left field? Wasn't he? Rusty Greer. Dude, I don't know on that one. Okay. I'm trying to think like sure sort of obscure Gold Glove winners. Uh, did Vlad win a gold glove with the Angels? Vladimir Guerrero? Great arm. Oh, you know who did probably is uh, the shortstop who the Twins had. Oh, Simmons? Uh, yeah. yeah Andrew that's a good one. Who was the outfielder, Phil? Who? Devon White? Let's he, just do Simmons. Here. No, no, no. I, I'm just tr- trying to think of, of guys oh. that were good with the glove. I think Devon White might have played for them. For right. who? The the Dodgers? Or are you thinking the Angels? So Devon White was Blue definitely Jay. Blue Jays. Longtime Blue Jay. I th- for yep. some reason I thought he played center for that, but I'm, I'm that might be wrong. That might be totally wrong. All right. So thirty right, plus. Scott, let's do Scotty Scotty Poe Scotty Pitsednik for the White Sox there, and then we can. If you're confident in uh, Juan Pierre, twenty four. All these are twenty percent. And then Juan Pierre to finish it. This is a pretty easy breezy grid here, boys. Yeah, but it's if hard Declan's, to get. Uh, there we go. Nice job. So, like, are there a lot? Or uh, there's sixty stolen base options. There's actually a... for the Dodgers. Holy cow! Oh, back Wh- in the day. I mean, Jack, well, Jackie Robinson, Maury Wills, Maury, 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 sixty-five World Series. Brett, didn't Brett Brett Butler? Wouldn't he have qualified yes. there too? Yes, he would have probably. Raul Mondesi, man. Really? Oh, you know, he I ran? thought about. At I thought about Mondesi. Wasn't sure about the thirty though. White Sox. Uh, Alex Rios did steal thirty with the White Sox too. Ray Durham, yeah, did it a ton. Juan Pierre did it. Alexi Ramirez did it. 
Okay. Brett Butler stole. Yep, he stole thirty-eight, forty-one, and thirty-nine in the nineties with the Dodgers. The golf club thing doesn't show up appropriately. Maury Wills hmm. stole like. Did he steal like eighty-one? He stole a ridiculous wow. number of bases. Randall Grichik is the highest one for Blue Jay, who was an Angel, hmm. above Vernon Wells. It's amazing. Oh, Mark then, Burley, oh, ja- that's oh so right. Jackie Robinson was the highest one for that Dodgers. stolen base category. No. All right. And then Mookie Betts as the gold lover. Mark Scotty, oh, Scotty Pesednik. What was it 24? Oh, interesting. All right, well, we're immaculate. Hey, nice job out there. Uh, just for curiosity, I just want to see Steve Sachs. Steve Sachs. The Sachs man. Got the thro- sexy Sachs Got man. that throwing disease. Oh. You got a throwing disease? Oh, he would have worked great. Not well. Yeah, he would have worked for all of them. White Sox, <laughs> he stole 30. Yankees, he stole 30. Dodgers, he stole 30, 40, 50. Wow. So let's remember Steve Sachs for uh, for next time. The Sachs, man. Rookie of the year, 1982. Oh, my God. In 1962, Maury Wills for the Dodgers stole 104 bases. 104. Got caught 13 well, okay. times. This, the season, Oof. I think, aren't we? Uh, let, me, let me see here. Well, let me pull up the Braves. I think we're witnessing history. With uh, what's his name Acuna, right? Yeah. Have you have you guys looked at that dude's statistics this yeah, season? They're, oh, they're, they're nuts! Insane. It's like it doesn't make 40, sense. Forty sixty, right? Yeah. He has forty homers, sixty eight stolen bases. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he scored a hundred forty three runs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's it's one bad. of the most absurd baseball seasons. He's twenty five years old. Anyways, those uh, those new rules are helping base dealers. Bigger bases, you know, you can't throw over his offense. Great. So can time it up with the pitch clock. Mm-hmm. All right, that's a wrap on the Scorner Twin Show here. We just want the Twins to win a playoff game for the first time in almost 20 years. And we, we're we going to be doing post-game vent line shows after each Twins playoff game starting next week. So if you haven't already, click the subscribe button and the like button on the Scorner YouTube channel. And if you can give us a five-star rating and a positive review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, you can help us. Uh, grow this show that we just relaunched about two or three months ago. So thank you, and we'll uh, we'll catch you guys next time.